Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Greens Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Greens Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. And as most of my listeners know, we believe that everything is beauty from how much you sleep to what you eat to how you move your body. So today we are doing a little detour into fitness, uh, and I'm very excited for this episode. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot. I, you know, beauty is my typical domain. So once I step into the fitness world, I'm a little bit out of my element, but that's where I like to be. Uh, And to do so, I am having on Megan Roop. You probably know her as the famed... uh, you know, fitness extraordinaire. She is the founder of the Sculpt Society. She is a celebrity trainer. She is a wellness savant. I am so excited to have her on. Megan, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining. Uh, I I always like to start these episodes by allowing the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Uh, so, you know, I my first question is, can you share what your journey was into the world of wellness and fitness? Yeah. Gosh, I always say if you had told like 10-year-old Megan she would one day be working in fitness or owning a fitness company, I would have never guessed it. But I think the journey for me has been really organic. So I grew up dancing. Um, I was you know, trained in classical ballet in high school. I was on the high school dance team. I went to NYU's Tisch Dance Program. So the track for me was really, I wanted to become a professional dancer. And so when I was in New York City auditioning, trying to really survive there um, and pay rent, I was side hustling in a bunch of different things. And one of them was starting to teach fitness. And so I think for me, it was the natural evolution of movement that felt good for me and my body and helping other women discover that for themselves. So, you know, obviously with your background in dance, uh, moving into fitness is, of course, you know, a natural next step there. But I also know that, you know, dance dance in and of itself is is an art and you know there's there's so much more components to dance and i'm curious what that transition from you know traditional dancer uh ballerina to you know moving over to the fitness world was there a transition there that you know felt a little wonky at times it was super wonky and i feel like a lot of people whether you're in the dance world or you were you were in sports i have a lot of community members who were former athletes right where your regimen was very much like you knew what you, whether you were in high school or in college sports like you had your schedule and i think when that's taken away Um, and you're left to explore the gym, it can be a big wobble moment for a lot of us. And I definitely experienced that. So in college, I started to work out at the gym, but I was doing it in like the only way I knew how, which was like floating from machine to machine and then thinking really that I needed to be doing hours of cardio a day. So I would spend so much time on the treadmill or the elliptical, like just really hating working out, um, which was hard for me because so for so long, my movement practice was was dance that I truly enjoyed. So it really took me a long time to figure out a way of working out that was enjoyable to me. Um, because yeah, I had years in New York in my early 20s where where fitness was was felt like torture, like working out was not fun. I mean, relatable. Um, I, I feel like I 
had a long journey into finding what spoke to me with movement. Um, and so it, I always find peace when I hear people who are, it, you know, they've made a career out of it. They also say that they have struggled with that. So that makes me feel better. Yeah, no, I think it's so common. I think I think it's not talked about, you know, that, that time in, in college specifically is so sensitive, right? Like you're going from high school, you know, at living with your parents to like, free range, like you're having to cook for yourself, you're having to figure out schedules for yourself that, um, you know, the, and that's just like a learning process. Yeah. So, you know, obviously dance cardio is a, I can understand why you would be drawn to dance cardio, right? But because of your dance background, but, you know, was there something in particular about the movement that you fell in love with? Because, you know, even though your background is dance, there's no guarantee that all of a sudden you're going to like dance cardio. You know, what was it about this movement that you loved? Yeah, I think a big misconception too is everyone thinks like all I do is dance cardio. And actually what the like the bulk of the, the Sculpt Society method is actually low impact Sculpt. So for me, it was, I think when I started teaching fitness, I was discovering what I liked, right? I was, you know, it was bits of dance cardio, but not doing hours of dance cardio. It was, I loved reformer Pilates. I loved bar and low impact sculpt and, and hot yoga. And it was, so by the time I really came to the conclusion of like, this is like a missing class out there. I, I need to come up with a class that combines all these different modalities that's beat based, but that's not you know, over an hour, it's sustainable. So when I when I really launched the Sculpt Society, it was it was everything I had been wanting and craving, not only in a workout but in a community. Um, and so, what about it resonated with me was just it was it was finally a movement practice that was fun, that felt not intimidating, that felt like anyone could do it, whether you were a dancer or not. It was like a simplified dance cardio. And then like the sculpting aspect of the workout was really athletic and grounded. And um, it felt, it didn't feel like I was doing a boring lunge, lifting a, a doing a bicep curl. It didn't feel boring. It felt dynamic and exciting. Um, and so just so many like different elements that I loved from dance, but also was craving for in in a my own fitness experience. Yeah. Do you have a wellness philosophy that is kind of like your guiding principle? You know, I don't know that I have like one thing. I think in my early 20s I went through, you know, so many different stages with accepting my body and my food journey and so I think my wellness journey has evolved into just intuitively moving through movement, intuitively eating, like really just listening to what it is that my body is craving to do and really honoring that. And um, I think for so many years, I lived within specific guidelines and restrictions and thinking I needed to do all of these things and wellness practices and I needed to work out for hours a day and I needed to eat a certain way. And I think once I removed all of that and I actually just started to lean into the things that made me happy, the things that felt good. That's actually when my body just kind of relaxed and I've never like felt or looked better. And it was without all of that restriction, which for so long I felt like I needed to abide by. Yeah. Uh, that actually brings me into the next thing I wanted to chat with you about, which is, you know, there's obviously such a 
deep connection with fitness, moving your body and mental health. Um, that's actually the reason that I work out personally. Um, I think like with my own journey with fitness, like I think I struggled with it, you know, to your point for so long because I felt like I needed to do it to look a certain way. And, and really it was just about the joy that it gave me when I was done, when I was done and the endorphins were running and I was, you know, feeling good about myself. Um, and so, you know, that the mental health aspect is, truly why I do it. And and I know that it's why a lot of people do it. And it sounds like including yourself. And so, you know, how do you incorporate that aspect with your practice and, you know, especially with, you know, your your clients? Yeah, it's a huge aspect for my myself and for my community and also just how I'm communicating with my community. I feel like if we could actually so much of fitness is revolved around what we look like. And I think for a lot of people that can actually doesn't allow them to start, right? Because it feels like, well, if I don't look a certain way, I'm not like fitting in. And I actually, I'm trying to reframe that conversation within the fitness industry of like, if we could actually talk about mental health and the the mental health benefits of moving your body in a sustainable way, not for hours a day, I'm talking like 10 minutes a day. Um, actually, how how many more people would feel motivated to get in some movement because they would realize all of the benefits that come with with that practice. And so I think a big part, and I'm sure we'll dive deeper into that conversation, but I always talk about committing to less so that you can show up more, right? Like making movement sustainable and a habit that you can do every day. So, you know, 10 minutes to me not only energetically shifts physically how you feel in your body, but mentally how you feel in your body. And the power of that shift goes into the rest of your day, into everything that you do. And I think if if we could understand that, so many more people would be motivated to move their bodies, even just for 10 minutes a day. I completely agree. And you know, something that I obviously do notice about your work is that it is digestible in that way. And I'm curious, like when you set out to create it, was that something that it was hard to get people on board with and like in certain aspects? Because I feel like people who are hardcore in the fitness community, they can be like, no, it's an hour or whatever the time limit is. So I'm curious about what that was like. Yeah, it's like it's constantly re-educating even now. I think with COVID and the pandemic, it kind of taught people that, you know, you didn't necessarily need to drive to a boutique studio to take like do all the things, you know? Um, so that education I think happened a little bit more naturally, but I think even now I think people feel like they need to be, if they don't hit even 30, 40 minutes a day, it's not a workout. And it's, it's really re-educating people that I, I would so much rather my clients do 10 minutes a day, five to six days a week, than do one long workout and then feel like somehow shameful or overwhelmed for the rest of the week because they can't fit in that super long workout. Like it's just not sustainable. And I always talk about this, like fitness is not the next 30 day program that you're doing. Fitness is for the rest of your life. So it is so important that we not only find a way of moving our bodies that we actually enjoy because that's what you're going to be most consistent with. And that is sustainable, right? Like that's going to build the habit and that's where the results come in. And while you know, results for me aren't necessarily the focus of my practice. You can get killer results in 10 minutes. And and I feel like it comes with just that consistent practice. Sure. Yeah. It's like the consistency is the point. Um, I love that. That's where, you know, every day it's like, 
that's why we want to do it for our mental and physical health because right every day it's like resetting you kind of have to like just like brushing your teeth right like every day you kind of have to brush your teeth because you know there's plaque buildup and same with moving my body right like i i wake up not feeling grounded my head is like going a million miles an hour and it's not until i've had some type of movement where i'm like oh okay i'm like I i can go on like a little bit more grounded in my day sure no, that's so funny when you compare it to brushing your teeth. Like <laughs> nobody would ever be like, oh, I brushed my teeth three days ago. I'm fine. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I'm not talking about like it could like maybe one day it's like a walk outside, but it's just taking that time for yourself that's so important. Yeah. I I love that. I want to talk a little bit about nutrition. Um you know, I, I think how we fuel our bodies is so important with how we move them, right? Like they go hand in hand. Um, and and obviously like nutrition is so important for like your skin and your overall health, et cetera, et cetera. And so, you know, I'm, I'm curious, how do you approach nutrition within the context of your life, but also your practice? Yeah, I think it's a really complicated, emotional, layered issue for most of us. I think sometimes we like to simplify it of like, but to be honest, because of my early 20s were really wrapped up in just so many diets, like yo-yo dieting constantly, being on the other side of it, of like truly practicing intuitive eating and experiencing food freedom, I think the way I approach a food now is I'm always striving to eat whole foods, unprocessed foods, but I really try and not label good versus bad and put like morality around food because the in, the moment I do that, it just sort of reverts me back to that earlier time in my 20s where my relationship with food was just so warped. So I feel like, um, yeah, I think it's it's actually my, my, my approach to food is just really simple these days. It's like, it's like asking a five-year-old, are you hungry? Are you full? It's like, it's like, you know, if you watch children eat, it's just really, you know, they, they, stop eating when they're full and they, they, they'll tell you when they're hungry and like just retrusting yourself and your body and those, those hunger cues or those, those, um, uh, satiated cues and just trusting that and, and honoring it. So, um, you know, I'm sure I'm not sure. I know there's so much science and all this around food, but I think most of us overcomplicate it. And if we could actually just simplify it, strive to eat whole foods, but if that means you, one day you'll want Taco Bell, like that's going to be fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so that's really my approach. Do I eat healthy? Yes. But that's because I've t- honestly, I've taken away labels of good versus bad. And like, you know, I my body actually is craving and feels most energized and runs at its best with certain foods. And I've really just allowed myself to listen to it. And that didn't happen overnight. It was a really long process. And it, it is, it is, complicated for most of us because most of us have so many emotions tied to food. Um, but that is, that is my, my approach now. Yeah, no, I think I intuitive eating, I think is something that of course is very, I don't know. I don't want to say buzzy because that makes it seem like a trend and it's not. Um, but it is something that's on a lot of people's minds right now. Um, and I think it is such a valuable way to, reform our relationship with food in a lot of ways. Um, and especially for women, I, there's like this joke that I saw that was like, I, guys have always been intuitive eaters because they weren't like drilled into diet culture their whole lives. And it kind of just like blew my mind. I'm like, oh yeah, my boyfriend just eats when he wants to eat. I'm like, 
Literally. <laughs> no, it's, it, I could not agree more. I could not agree more. It's, it's much more simple than we want to make it. And, and it is, it is so layered and complicated because I do think for women, it is like, right. We've been told a million different things, but, um, it's the reason why diets, diets don't work. Like certain fad workout programs don't work. It, it all needs to be sustainable. And so, um, did, am I saying I eat Skittles every day? You know, like, no, but I, you know, like, that also, I'm so in tune with what makes me feel good, right? Eating Skittles every day starts to not like feel great. So it's, it's, it's giving your time, yourself the time to explore that. And maybe you do need to eat Skittles every day for a week to realize like, it's not as like that food that was off limits for so long isn't so scary, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I want to start about talk about like getting into the habit of of, of working out in particular, but you know, I, I suppose habits in general. And um, how do you encourage people to to start this journey if maybe they haven't started at all, or maybe they have fallen off and are trying to get back in? You know, what? How do, is it like a slow process to get people started? How do you how do you talk to people? I talk to them going back to that mantra of committing to less so they can show up more. I think movement, a consistent movement practice, can feel really over. That can feel really intimidating if you have if you've been out of the loop or you're just getting back into it or you've never had it. And so I think when you can actually just scale it back and and commit to smaller chunks of movement more consistently, it can feel a little bit more like, okay, I can do this, right? Even sometimes pressing and play on a 30-minute video can feel overwhelming. But if you can make it more bite-sized, I literally have five-minute workout videos on my app, five, 10 minutes. Look, that even for me, even the days where I need to self-motivate and I don't have a client that I'm training or I'm not going live on the Sculpt Society app, like I have to self-motivate. And you know what? Most of the time I don't want to do it, (laughs) but it's like, okay, fine. I'm going to commit just to 10 minutes. And then after the 10 minutes, honestly, nine times out of 10, I feel so good. I end up stacking more and I do like one or two more 10 minute workouts. So I think it's just getting started and that that getting started can be helpful in the motivating factor of just like committing to a shorter workout. So I think that's like just a really great place to start that feels less overwhelming. And then as you start this journey, right? Like how, I'm asking this question because I want to ask, how do you not get burnt out? from it? And like, how do you read those signs of like, oh, I need to chill out or versus like, I'm at a place where I can level up. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think, I think if you are at a place where you, you feel like you, ha- I have to get X, Y, and Z in, or it's not enough, or, or you start to feel like shameful around like shameful or guilty around not doing X, Y, and Z. That's where I feel like maybe some of that reframing of like what constitutes a workout, we need to like do a self check-in. And then from like a level up perspective, I feel like, I mean, it's just important that you're, you're A, finding a movement practice that you like. All that's very important. You like it. It's fun. All the things. But then like, does the program have programs you can follow, right? So like on the Sculpt Society, we have a beginner program, an intermediate, an advanced, and you can sort of follow that track a little bit and I'm going to guide you, right? So if you're not a fitness expert and you need that guidance, which most of us do, I think it's really nice to have something to follow. It takes the guesswork out of it. It's not like you're logging in and being like, what workout should I do? It's like floating around in the gym. It's the same thing. Like 
I'm telling you exactly what to do every day and you are like just pressing play. So um, I think it's those little check-ins that are are helpful. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people start their fitness journey because they're preparing for something, right? Whether it's a big life event, whether it's like even a vacation or, you know, whatever. Um, I'm curious how you approach that because like you come from this place of like you want people to work out sustainably and when people are gearing up for something that's a big event, it almost always has like an end date attached to it. So like how do you approach this in a way where it it actually becomes sustainable? Does that make sense? We also have another saying that I like to say that people come for the results, but they stay for the feeling, right? So yes, I want to I want someone if they are super motivated. So we just launched we have a lot of like st- life stages on the Sculpt Society. We have our new bridal program, right? Bri- brides is like such a moment, right, where they like want to be in the zone. Um, I have a pre and postnatal program. Like I just have all of these moments where there is a lot of motivation. But my goal is to convince my community along the way that it's really the feeling that we want to feel every day. And what is that feeling, right? It's it's that feeling that we were talking about before, feeling grounded in our bodies and our minds and like and really wanting to feel that like that every day. Like that feeling after you brush your teeth, like, ah, oh, that feels good. I'm ready to start my day. Um, and doing it again, I know it keeps saying it like sustainable, but like, right, I'm not telling you to do a two-hour workout. I'm telling you to do like a 20 to 30 minute workout, sometimes less. So that does that to me doesn't feel like something you're gonna get burnt out on if you're really enjoying, right? That's like that joyful, fun factor for me that gets people to come back. Um, so that's always my goal is to really um, hopefully help educate people. Listen, if you're super motivated during a certain time of your life and that's the way you can start that that habit, I'll take it. But let me convince you along the way of like how wonderful it can feel every day to look forward to your workout and not actually just look forward to the end of it, right? Because I want I want you to look forward to the feeling before within the workout and after. I think that's the the goal. Yeah. What do you find are the most common reasons that people fall out of practice? It's too much, right? We're we're all so busy. We're all so busy. We're all making so many decisions. Um, there's just it's expensive. So all of those things I th- I think about all the time, right? Like how can I take the guesswork out of it? How can I make it not feel overwhelming? How can I make it affordable? How can I take away all of the the uh, reasons why someone may fall off um, and just make it something? again, that you can show up to and be excited to show up to every day. That's that's always my goal. Yeah. When you are doing these, you know, short, compact workouts, how do you – I mean, I, I, and I ask this question knowing that, you know, results aren't the end-all be-all. However, it is something that we're all looking for. You know, like how do you craft a workout in such a way where you do get results in a short amount of time? What sort of things are you targeting? Like what sort of balance are you going for? I'm always trying to target multiple muscle groups in one, right? So even if we're, even if I'm doing a 10-minute booty combo, I know I can get a lot of – I can make it full body in, by, in getting your core involved, your upper body involved, and your booty. Yes, your booty is going to be on fire because it is a booty-focused workout, but I know how to program it and sequence it so that we're hitting multiple muscle groups. So you're getting more bang for your buck. Um, I mean, that's something I really pride myself on is like, 
I can really make a kick-ass workout in 10 minutes. Like I can, I can make a full body workout. And I think that just comes with, right, like the education, the background, the knowing how to program, all of it. Like that, that just comes with um, working with a trainer who has experience and has the education. Um, but it is, but it's important to me because also when I'm doing my own classes, I'm like, I don't want to waste my time. I have 10 minutes. Like make it efficient and fun. Let's go. <laughs> You know, with your balance of Tony and and cardio, you know, where do you find, like, what's your sweet spot of, you know, being able to hit those? I mean, what's great is that, like, on the Sculpt Study, if you're not, if you're someone's listening, you're like, I do never, I never want a grapevine ever. Like, if you are not into dance cardio, we have a full, just low impact program or in classes that you can follow. We also have a mix of dance and sculpt. We also have just dance cardio. So, I think what's really nice is you can pick and choose. And again, the way I'm programming even a low impact workout, I'm programming it to still move in a way that is getting your heart rate up, that is challenging. Even in my beginner classes, like I have a slow and controlled beginner sculpt class. I'm still not wasting moments of your of your 23 minutes. Like I'm really still cognizant of, of making it a full body class so that you are having to, to challenge your body and, and you're hitting so many muscle groups and you're getting your heart rate up in a low impact way, if that's what you're wanting, right? If jumping is just not feeling good for you or maybe you're on your period or wh- whatever it may be. Yeah. I, I want to talk a little bit about recovery because recovery is something that I know is so important if you are working out and especially if you you know are working out consistently. How do you encourage people to practice recovery? Yeah, it's always built in in my programs. I am always talking about taking one to two days off a week, right? Your body needs time to recover. Your muscles need time to recover. Let's also talk about burnout, right? Like if you're burned out from your workout, like, are you working out seven days a week? Because you shouldn't be. Um, you're going to get way better results by actually allowing your body to rest. Um, so that's always super important. We have stretch classes. So stretching, I'm always guiding my my community around stretching. Um, even things like, you know, get outside, go for a Even if you, if you struggle with like a day off, if you're like a New Yorker and you're listening to this and you're like, I must work out take the day off, but like go do an active recovery day. Maybe it looks like getting outside for a 20 minute walk and getting some sunshine on your face. Um, I think sleep is so important. It's underrated. Like you need to be sleeping, um, sleep, water. And then, you know, if it's in your budget, I love like a good massage, um, or acupuncture. Um, gosh, what other things do I do for recovery? I mean, foam rolling, I have a Theragun, like little things like that, that like, you know, if I have the time, I'll, I'll throw in there too. Okay. What are the biggest fitness misconceptions that bother you? I'm, I know there's a lot out there. So, <laughs> um, I think women specifically still think they need so much more cardio than they do. Like I love a dance cardio moment, but you'll never see me doing hours of dance cardio. Even in our longest dance cardio classes, I still involve sculpt and it's like, our long, just to give you reference, like our longest dance, it's a 30 minute dance cardio. I have sculpt breaks in between. So you're really probably only doing 15 to 20 minutes on an average though. I would say you'll do two, two songs, which is like six minutes of cardio and the rest is sculpt. So, um, I always hear over and over again of like, I need to be doing like an hour of cardio a day and it's too much. Why is it too much? 
I think like the concept, like you're, I think again, going back to what people really want, which is like the results from a workout program, your body doesn't need that much cardio, right? You actually are going to get so much better results if you incorporate body weight, strength training exercises and sprinkle in the cardio. I think there's a lot of hormonal, like adrenal fatigue, all of that, um, that people can experience when they're doing too much cardio. I think it's also really hard on your joints. Um, I think there's just there's there's a lot of problematic things around doing too much cardio. Yeah. No, it is interesting though because I feel like I've always been somebody who's like I think cardio yeah. I mean it's it's how I spent like basically all of my 20s working out and is doing cardio. Um it's a hard mind yeah, mindset to get out of. It's a very hard mindset to shift. But once it's the same with food freedom and intuitive eating, once you can experience it, it feels really nice to not feel like you are imprisoned in in this idea that you have to get X amount of cardio in. I can tell, like, I think too, it's also showing people, again, it's just how it's programmed, but I can show you how to get in that, you know, it's like that sweaty endorphins that you're getting from say like a run. I can show you how to do that in a 30-minute full-body class. It doesn't even incorporate cardio. I can get your heart rate up in that way, and it's going to give you so many better results. I also think that perhaps where this like attachment to cardio came from, especially for women, is this whole misconception of like, oh, building muscles is going to make me bulky. Oh, it's all wrapped into weight loss. I mean, let's be honest, right? Like this is all like our hyperfixation – to be super thin as women, right? So it's like, that's all, like, we do want to be thin, do a bunch of cardio. But unfortunately, that's <laughs> just misinformation. Um, and, and it is so difficult to quote unquote bulk. Like you have to be, as a female, you have to be lifting such heavy weight. Like when I get a DM or something that says like, our two or three pound hand weight's going to bulk me, I, I like... I, it takes me, I have to take a moment because it, it, it is such a mis, uh, misinformed question and I don't know how, or like, d- will a lunge bulk my legs? I'm like, oh my gosh, no. Like, um, I don't know why I feel like that, that type of conversation was happening in like the early 2000s and it's like still sort of trickling in there. It's like stuck in people's heads. I was chatting with somebody the other day and they said something funny and also illuminating and they were like, if it was that easy to bulk up, all of these people in superhero movies wouldn't be doing like steroids and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, fair point. <laughs> <sighs> yes. Okay. So I want to talk to you about how you take care of yourself. Um, you know, this this is a beauty podcast. I know we spent majority of time talking about fitness today, but I do in here your beauty routine. Um, let's start with skin. Oh, I mean, you have glowing skin, so I can I can tell. <laughs> Yeah, let's start with skincare. Like, what's your morning and night routine? Yeah, I keep it pretty simple. I feel like in the morning, I don't overwash my face. So I just splash my face with water. I'll do a, um, I usually do like a serum. And I, 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 I'm kind of a product hoarder. Like, I really like to try a lot of different products. So I'll go through a bottle of something and then I'll kind of move on just to see. Um, do you want like specifics of what I'm currently using? I love product recommendations. So whatever you got, give them to me. I'm trying to think about like, <laughs> what I'm currently using. Um, I'm using Youth to the People's um, um, serum right now. I'm using, and then I'll go into a moisturizer. I have very dry skin. So all of these dry, um, 
these recommendations like I like because it's like a thick cream. I really like Caudalie has a great cream. The other one I really like is Estee Lauder's Revitalizing Creme. Um, I also really like Cora Organics products. I, I think they're great. I'm currently using them for retinol at night. Um, but anyway, so usually a serum, a moisturizer. I also use a face oil. Again, I have really dry skin, so I like an oil. And then I'll go into an SPF always. I really like um, Super Goops, Glow Screen. I like Summer Fridays SPF. I've got, um, oh, what's the tinted uh, um, SPF? It's something MD, ET. Oh, Elta MD. Elta MD. Um, those are usually like in circulation for, for skincare. For sure. Uh, makeup. Do you have any like makeup favorites? Oh my gosh. I have so many. I'm a big, um, okay. So it depends on if I'm, if I'm recording for, for on camera, if I'm on camera, I'll use a little bit more of a, uh, more makeup. So, um, I usually will start with a foundation or like a CC cream. So if I am filming and I want something a little bit more um, buildable, I'll use it cosmetics CC cream. If I'm looking for something just light and like, you know, every day, I really love Ilya's. Oh, I'm, I'm having complete like pregnant mom brain. No, but it's, is it the serum one? Yeah. Skin tint? Um, yeah, skin tint. Yes. Yes. Um, I'll go into foundation. I really like Merit. It has a foundation stick that's really good. Also, um, Beauty Pie has a color corrector that sometimes I'll also use. I really like Merit's um, bronze. Uh, uh, it's like the contour stick almost. Yes. Um, and then for blush, I really love, gosh, I have so many blush. I love a cream blush. So um, Ilya has one that's like an all over st- stick. That's great. Merit has another good one. Beauty Pie is a great one. I feel like I'm just on th- those like brands. I'm like a kick with them right now. <laughs> and then always I like I love a thick big brow. So an eyebrow pencil or like a tinted brow gel. Um, and then I usually have I'll use like a slanted brush um, and I'll I'll dip that in water and then a brown eyeshadow and I'll do a small wing and then mascara and then a little bit of highlighter and we're good to go. So I like I like you a, are I, a beauty gal. I love this. I I mean I like would watch my mom when you know getting ready like that was my favorite thing as a kid like I loved makeup it was very playful and fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I also feel like, like dancers are always like really good at makeup too. Yes. You have to be. <laughs> yes. Yes. On stage makeup. And then I love like um a lip balm. Like Summer Fridays has like an amazing lip balm. Covey also has a really great one. Um yeah. Okay. Uh do you have any hair care favorites? Yes. I like just like shampoo conditioner, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or if like any, you know, if you have like any stylers that you love. Yes. Okay, so shampoo, conditioner. I love Pros. I also um, just started using. Um, I think I always pronounce it incorrectly. Is it Orbe? Yeah, you got it. Did I say it right? Okay. Yeah, Orbe. <laughs> they have um, amazing shampoo and conditioner, and also their dry shampoo, um, like volumizer, is really great. They have like a hair thickening spray I've been using. Um, I'm like an old school like Tresemme girl for hairspray, and then recently obsessed with um dyson's air straight um i don't know if you've like seen it all over instagram it's very cool you have one i have one yes 
Yes, they are on the price. I know they're on the pricier side, but I feel like if you're someone who has like heat sensitive um, hair, right? Like you don't want to do too much heat. Um, it really just takes out that having that bl- to blow dry your hair, right? Like it's a blow dryer and flat iron in one and it like you don't technically need to use heat. So it's it's really nice. I love Dyson. I mean, I they're I, they have revolutionized the beauty industry. I love them. Vacuum like I mean, shout out to their vacuum too, like their cordless vacuum. I don't know. I'm a big fan. Um, And what else? I use, I mean, again, as a dancer, my hair is also up a lot. So hair, like elastic bands, scrunchies, bobby pins, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, we've touched on some of your uh, wellness routine um, as part of our broader conversation. Um, but I always love to end the episode by talking about how people, you know, take care of themselves in general. And, you know, that can be mental health related, that can be sleep related, that can be self-care related, wherever you want to take this question. Um, but, you know, just about some of your well-being staples. Yeah, I think, listen, I think well-being and like wellness practices, it all can just feel really overwhelming. Like I'm a business owner, I'm a mom, I've got so much going on. And I think if COVID taught me anything, it was just like, I don't need this endless long list of things to actually make me feel good. So, you know, it's simple things for me. It's like savoring, it's romanticizing my life a little bit more, like loving that cup of coffee in the morning, taking, like having that morning routine, getting up a little bit earlier, um, a five minute meditation, a walk outside, getting in movement, um, taking, you know, breaks out of my day. So much, so many of us are like on Zoom calls all day, like take five minutes and go outside. Also, I'm saying this as advice to myself. Um, I think those are just little things. Making time for sleep is so, has always been so important to me. Like I, I love sleep. Um, and like, for me, I think something I can continue to work on, which I know is so important for my overall wellness is like actually like having more fun, like scheduling and more fun moments in my day to day, because, or even just like a week, right? Like one fun thing that I know I'll enjoy that can just bring out a little bit more playfulness because sometimes it can be so serious. Like we're going from one thing to the next, to the next, it's all scheduled and like tapping into that playful nature is really important. Yeah. Well, I think that's an amazing note to end on. So (laughs) (laughs) I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. This was so fun. I had such a great time chatting with you. And I love that you're such a beauty gal. Oh, oh, yeah. You should see my cabinet. My my husband makes fun of me. That's pretty intense. Um, No, I love chatting with you too. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at Green. You can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.